everyone, and welcome again to Know Your Berkshires, brought to you by Civitan. And we want to thank PCTV for making this show possible with all their help from their staff and the equipment and all the support that they've given us over the years. This program is called Know Your Berkshires because it's about learning about the different organizations, the people, the places, the organizations that make Berkshire County such a wonderful place to uh, live and to be in. My name is Patrick Gable, I'm your host, and today we're going to be looking at ServiceNet that exists here in Berkshire County. And with me, our guest is Julie McDonald from uh, ServiceNet. She's the manager for shelters and recovery uh, in uh, for ServiceNet. Uh, again, Civitan is an organization. We support many different um, uh, uh, projects across the county, including Special Olympics, Salvation Army, the Boy Scouts of America, the Christian Center, Boys and Girls Clubs, and many, of course, the soup kitchens uh, and food programs across uh, the county. Julie, I want to welcome you to our show. Thank and you. Um, uh, you work for ServiceNet. What is exactly ServiceNet? Well, that's what ServiceNet is a lot of things. Okay. Uh, so ServiceNet is is a human service organization mm -hmm. that spans not only the Berkshires but also Hamden, Hampshire counties, and over into Orange County as well. Right. That addresses the many challenges that human beings face, including we have recovery services, we have sheltering, we have housing, we have houses, uh, residential programs for people who have any sort of brain injury or developmental disabilities. We have Berkshire vocational services, which helps people in not only that, but many places um, that helps people who do have developmental disabilities to get job skills, job training. ServiceNet even runs a farm. <laughs> runs in, a farm? Yeah, out in, um, I can't remember the name of the town now. It could be, it, it's, it's way out there as part of one of their programs. Okay. And the participants there learn how to take care of the animals and they have like a farm store there. So they mm -hmm. sell, you know, uh, candy that they Is make that from the Cumberton? stuff and ice cream. No, it's it's further no. than Cummington. Okay. I think it is Hinsdale out there or yeah, okay. Hillsdale sure, sure. or one of those. Hillsdale probably. Yeah, or it could be up further. I think it's mm -hmm. it's up closer to Greenfield. Oh, okay. So right. so we have a County. lot of different programs addressing, you know, many different things that, that people go through. So um, uh, you deal in uh, recovery yes. assistance in terms of counseling and that type of thing? Well, ServiceNet itself does. They have an outpatient clinic okay. here in the Berkshires, but there's we also have a recovery home in Orange County oh, and right. also in Greenfield, I believe. Mm -hmm. So they have that sober supportive living for people I see. Um, that are in that need a little more help than just outpatient treatment. And of course, we have the program Living in Recovery here in Pittsfield, which is a peer support, peer driven, peer led recovery program. So anyone that works there mm -hmm. has to be a person in recovery. I see. And then anyone that comes there can become a member and they determine what that program looks like. They determine what activities we're going to do, what sorts of support groups they want, what what sorts of fun things we want to go out, if it's field trips or mm -hmm. what have you. So it's a really a beautiful program. Does that help uh, for people in, in recovery to uh, assume some of these responsibilities? Absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I know when I first entered recovery, even though I had been like kind of a work all the time, I do this, there's certain areas where, uh -huh. where we get so caught in thinking about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so this helps in thinking of other and helping another person um, who is struggling. It helps, mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of ways. And the other really important thing about it, honestly, Patrick, is it offers people an opportunity to learn how to have fun. 
in recovery. I think that's a, yeah. uh, a big um, uh, issue. I've been close with different people that have mm -hmm. had um, addiction problems and there's a real depression yes. that sets in. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, they were... Right. There was downsides, obviously. Right. But also the kind of social life that exactly. they were living in the bars and different places. Exactly. That's gone. Yeah. And that, and all of those activities become the high also. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. then when you put it down, I right. remember for me, I didn't think I could dance without alcohol. And I went to my first sober dance. I had just short of a year sober at the time. And I was terrified to get up and dance. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And mm -hmm. my friends were like, come on, you'll be fine. You can do it. But it was so awkward for me. I mm -hmm. just didn't know how to let loose without a substance covering up my insecurities or mm -hmm. my self-esteem issues or right. whatever. Right. So I think it's a great opportunity for people to try different things, to learn how to have fun in recovery. And um, so I take it you've had an addiction issue? Yes. Okay. Yes. I entered, um, I first started my recovery journey in 1990. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I've been at it a long time. <laughs> I, uh, I did have a moment at, I had 13 and a half years sober, mm -hmm. and I relapsed because I got involved with a person who was actively using and I was gonna fix them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Luckily, don't know how, but it was just a day relapse, and then I you know, got myself back together, got out of that situation, mm -hmm. because that's another piece, right? And why places like Living and Recover are important is that it's not just about the drink mm -hmm. or the substance. It's the behavior. It's, it's those old things, those old ways that we try to not feel our own self or we want to fix this person or we want to avoid that person. All of those things are characteristics that we have developed when we're using, and they don't all go away the minute we put down the drink or the drug. So when did you start becoming professionally involved in recovery programs? Actually, um, I had four years sober mm -hmm. um, when I started, when I went to schooling. Um, to become, I was a KSAC in New York State. So a what? In New York State, it's called a KSAC, so it's a Certified Alcohol and Substance Abuse Counselor. Oh, really? There's yeah. a certification program. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. like here, it's called a license. In New York, it's called certified. All right. So, okay. I was certified by the state, well, credentialed actually by mm -hmm. the state of New York. And I worked in that field for quite some time. I ran a um, young adult and adolescent long-term residential treatment program in Troy, New York. Mm -hmm. I worked outpatient, I worked detox, I saw it all. And, and then it, I waited a long time before I went back into it again after I had picked up, even though it was that one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, how about, uh, how did you come to the Berkshires? Well, I just, you know, I wanted, we were talking about Northampton before mm -hmm. the show. Right. And I wanted to make my way to Northampton because I loved Northampton. I had friends in recovery there. And a friend of mine had a lake house mm -hmm. for rent very close to us. I said, I'll rent it for the summer, and then I'll move into Northampton. And then three trees fell on it midsummer, so I had to find a place quickly. And I happened to find something in Hancock. Oh, and, uh, okay. So right near Hancock Shaker Village. Yeah. And so I stayed there a couple of years, and then I just said, you know what? I'm already here. Um, my daughter had moved back home, so she had work in Pittsfield, and I thought, I'll just settle here for now. And seven years later, I'm still here. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome here. Thank you. It's a beautiful um, place. If there's somebody watching that has an, an addiction issue, mm -hmm. um, can they get in contact with ServiceNet or Oh, what? yeah, yeah. I mean, for to get in contact regarding living in recovery or substance abuse, they could call mm -hmm. my direct line, um, okay. which is 413 588 
1570. Okay. And leave a message there, and either I or one of our peer support mm -hmm. counselors could get back in right. touch with them. Okay. Um, and we are open, the, the center is open. We're at 81 Linden Street. 81 up, Linden yeah, Street. In the Crane Building, but we're upstairs. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're upstairs. We're open right now Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10 to 2. And then also on Monday and Wednesday, we're open from 5.30 to 8.30. Mm -hmm. And tonight, actually, I'm missing my ladies' night. On Thursdays, we have ladies' night from 6 to 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. And we're open every other Saturday from 2 to 8. And ladies' night is a support it's, group. Or well, it's it's basically the center is Social. only open to women on that uh, okay. on that night. So I see. we have a, we have a support group, but we also just have time with other women in recovery, right? Sharing our experience, strength, and hope, mm -hmm. our challenges. We drink lots of coffee. We eat lots of cookies, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, and we're you know we're just coming back from COVID. Living in right. recovery was closed for quite some time, and then it was very very limited. So we still oh, haven't really gotten okay. up. To our hours, when we're when we get more out of this, mm -hmm. um, we will actually be open 56 hours a week. Right. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, what is outpatient services? Your pro so outpatient the, so what service does that mean net by outpatient? has. You're not yeah. in a hospital. Or something? Correct. Outpatient means that someone might come in if they if they let's say they have finished treatment or they're just kind of don't really need to go or want to go into treatment per se, like inpatient, mm -hmm. then for more support, they might go to service net outpatient clinical services to meet with a counselor once a week mm -hmm. and have someone, you know, a professional that they can go to to talk about their difficulties, their challenges. Maybe they'll talk about childhood stuff that led them to drinking or using. Mm -hmm. yep. the, um, uh, now, ServiceNet's been in the uh, news over the last... Uh, six or eight months because of the uh, the other project that you all mm -hmm. have assumed, which is the uh, uh, shelter for the homeless. Yes. And that, that's located where at St. Joe's High School? Yeah, currently we're at St. Joe's High School, school on Maplewood Avenue. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's temporary. Um, we are working on getting a new shelter built, but again, COVID right. put that back some. Yeah. And not just the work. But it also put back, right now, we have 50 people in our shelter. We are at maximum capacity mm -hmm. that we can take by our license. Um, so, And that shelter will not hold 50 people, especially, again, during COVID. We've got to have our cots six feet apart. Okay. We have to have the room. St. Joe's has proved to be perfect for dealing with COVID because it's so spacious, yeah. right, that it's easier to abide by the guidelines. And where are the cots? Are they on the, in the gym? So, no, nope. the gym is used for meals and just kind of hanging out. We've got a couple of TVs in there. I see. So that's the common area. And then the cot rooms are actually set up in old classrooms. In the old classrooms. Yep. Okay. So we've got eight cots maximum to a room, to a classroom. Mm -hmm. So, and then we have one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight classrooms. And like when you say it's Phil, is there like a waiting list? We don't. Well, here's the thing. We aren't doing a waiting list. And I'll tell you why, Patrick, because okay. if I put, let's say I put Joe Smith on a waiting list and then Bobby Smith comes in and wants a bed and then and I say, sorry, Bobby, you can't have it. And then Joe doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. Now Bobby's out. Yeah. And that bed's empty. So because this shelter right now, we started back in November at St. Joe's. Okay. And this is being run as an emergency overnight cot shelter. 
right. So it's not the same as kind of getting into a shelter program. Like the uh, soldier on type yeah, thing. Exactly. Right, 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 so right. it's really still running, operating as a winter shelter. I see. <laughs> Even though it's, we've just went through summer. And... Um, so basically, people would come. Right now, the way that we're doing it, if, if someone is in need of a bed, of shelter, yeah. is that they can come to the shelter after 4 p.m. Okay. And they can wait there. Like, if we're, if we're still full, then what we tell them is, wait here. You can have some dinner with us. Mm -hmm. And then at 6 o'clock, when our time of people coming in ends, okay. if someone has not shown up for their bed, then that person waiting will get the bed. Oh, boy, what happens if it fills up? And you've got like three or four people. We can't house. Yeah, we can't shelter. You ask them yeah. to leave. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I mean, we tell well, them I right understand. up front. Look, we can't guarantee it, right? right. Yeah. And it's and trust me, Patrick, it's horrible. It's horrible to have to tell someone we don't have space for you. Right. Right. And and we're very concerned about that come winter, because well, right now it's not so bad. It's like right. eh, at least they're not going to freeze. But if we're already full in the fall, what happens? Right. Well, we had the problem in the Christian Center where we just can't let people in and we have to restrict it. We restrict it now to certain numbers like two or three and the right. clothing or whatever like this. And when it's cold out there or when it's been brutally hot, it's it's hard to you know, have those people tell them, no, you can't come in. I know. But uh, uh, now the people, so is it like a kind of like a day-to-day -day bed thing? It is I mean, now. Yeah. It is now, Patrick, um, because those numbers forced us into it. Now, from November, when we first started, what we were trying to do is allow people, like, if you missed more than two nights, okay, you don't then come back. you would surrender your bed. Now, if you right. came back yeah. and it was available, you could still have a bed. Oh, I got it. But, so we were running where that could actually work. It's just been in the last two weeks yeah. where we are just pressed right up against it. Well, what about... Uh... So s somebody has some clothing, mm -hmm. okay, uh, a bag of clothes mm -hmm. or um, toilet stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do they, when they leave the, during the day... They do not have to take it with them. They don't have to take they it with them. They don't have okay. to. At there, this, what, at this like point, and again, they can leave it right on their cot. Oh, okay. So we gave people bins. Yeah. So, so they're allowed to have basically to bring in whatever they could carry out with them if they, if they said, hey, Julie, I'm leaving mm -hmm. today, right, to be able to carry it out with them. Right. Or if something were to happen where we needed to go mm -hmm. back to carry out, because we, we did that before, before I came. Um, but f over the over last winter and through the summer, we just let people, like, just put your bin up on your bed. I see. And you're good, right? And then if they didn't come back for a while, we bag it, <sighs> and we tell everyone when they come in, you've got 10 days from when, when we strip your bed, which would be two days afterward, mm -hmm. to pick up your belongings. Because we can't, you know, as you know, last summer there was a big to-do about it all. Right. Because we had way too many people yep. just leave stuff and never come back for it. Right. Um, Barton's Crossing, is that open? Or? It is not. We what are happened Barton's to that? Crossing. Oh, you are? <laughs> yes. It kind of, you transferred stuff Correct. over to there. Correct. So we moved down when, when Winter Shelter was Barton opening. you Barton Crossing? We are no longer in Barton's. We will not be returning to Barton's. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, were you running yes, that service before? Network, yes. Oh, correct. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and, and then who we would owns open the cop. Barton's Crossing or whatever. Well, it's a privately owned building. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we don't right. own that building. Okay. We and rented you, and that you don't building. And have an intent like of we, going back there. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. Because yeah. this process, um, 
before I came on board, had already started with moving over to, mm -hmm. um, at least right now, they're looking at moving over to the um, Methodist Church on Fenn Street. Oh. That's where they're oh. doing the construction. Oh, oh all right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so is that, that being built? Be, it is being built. Yep. Oh, good. Yep. For okay. some time, it was stopped because right. of I mean, the city you know, COVID council and, and, and COVID yeah. and the yeah. whole thing about And then, that. of course, everything skyrocketed, the prices mm -hmm. of, of doing work. And so our original estimate blew up yeah and so we had to get more funding and I mean the city's been wonderful supporting mm -hmm. us they really have been um, and there's a lot of people behind the scenes that, that are doing a lot to really really help and support you know now the shelter. Pe people have to leave at a certain time each day is that correct Monday through Friday we yeah. do close at 8 a.m. so they have okay. to leave at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. and they re can return at 4 p.m. And as you know, Patrick, that's one of the reasons that right. the Christian Center got together with the city and with us yes. to open up what started out as the warming center. Right. <laughs> it became the cooling center, and mm -hmm. now will be a warming center again. And that is open from 9 to 3. We have talked about um, maybe expanding those hours a little so that people don't have to wait that right. hour you know, right. to get in from when we close. Yeah, and it became, a, like you say, a cooling station during, yeah. the, during, <laughs> yeah, the, during exactly. the summer here. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, people can go there. Mm -hmm. Can anybody go there, by the way? Anybody can go there. Okay. Yeah, and anybody can open, go there. And it's open at this time? It's open it opens at 9 a.m.? Yeah. And there's usually coffee on. There might right. be some snacks there. Right. I know the, and then at noon, they can go over to the Christian Center get, right, for and lunch. get lunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so, and all, you know, some of our, our case managers will go there and there's also case managers that go there a couple times a week from Soldier On, from mm -hmm. Berkshire Housing to really help people to get whatever services they need. Okay. And is there any type of, uh, man, uh, counseling for these homeless people? Uh, it seems to me that, I mean, this is a, uh, total amateur, uh, opinion or whatever i'm no expert but mm -hmm. it just seems to me that most of the homeless mm -hmm. i come across mm -hmm. um have a mental health issue in some way or we're, another at this point in time we or are even seeing an addiction a much, issue right we're seeing a much higher incidence in homelessness mm -hmm. um with with people who have mental health or co-occurring mental health and addiction issues right um certainly it, it wouldn't be everyone um, mm -hmm. but, but certainly that number is higher than it was, say, 20 mm -hmm. years ago, right? right? Um, so we, don't, we, don't, we are not a counseling center. We're an emergency sh you know, shelter, but right. we certainly recommend and will help to refer people, right. um, whether it's upstairs mm -hmm. you know, to our ServiceNet program or whether it's to the Breen Center or whether it's you know, talking mm -hmm. with them about you know, perhaps some people might need a little more of that mental health, maybe a residential, and we would help them if they're yeah. interested, right? right? That's the other thing, Patrick. You can't, you know, first and foremost, we are there to, to shelter, to get right. people out of the cold or the heat or the rain right. and, to, Basics. and to treat them with dignity and respect and say, mm -hmm. you're a human being, we see you, we, we want to feed you, we want to help you navigate this difficult time. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much our main focus. Now, we might say, hey, Joe, do you think you may need some help with these things you're struggling with? Yeah. And Joe very often says no. Right. So, you know, again, it's, it's we do what we can to try to get them hooked up to services. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't, we don't give counsel. I mean, certainly, well, we don't, we don't do therapy. I certainly give counsel. Well, right? what if you That's see just a, advice an addiction or, issue? Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, and the person says, I've got an addiction. I would, if, I, if, if that were the case, I would say, do you, are, do you want help with that? Okay. Do you want help with that? Do you want to do something different, right? Mm -hmm. And usually what I do right now is I say, you know, we can make referrals, all that. But I will say, hey, I'll tell them about living in recovery, you know. And then because, because I'm there at night, they can, even though at night if they leave after 6, they can't come back in. But mm -hmm. we do let them go there because I'm, I'm there. So we know that that's where they are. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's, you know, um, that they'll be coming back right after that. So, but we might, you know, we'll get whatever other resources they need. We'll suggest, you know, counseling and all of that mm -hmm. or meetings or living in recovery. But ultimately, we want to leave their decision for their life in their hands. I've met some homeless people that don't want to be, go to a shelter because mm -hmm. of the rules and the right. regulations and right. stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that happens. I mean, some people just don't want to follow that. Listen, it would be hard to live in a shelter, right? right? There's a lot of people. I don't think the rules are that stringent, mm -hmm. but I think they could be annoying if you're living there, right? I don't want, I want to be able to go home and take my mask off, but right. you know, you got to keep your masks on. I want to be able to go out and have a cigarette whenever I want to have a cigarette, but there's times that people go out, mostly because we need to have staff go with them, because a lot of times in the neighborhood, people might start making accusations right. that aren't real. So this way, if staff is with them, we're like, we were right there. So is there like a curfew time or whatever? Well, the 6 p.m. is the, is the okay. curfew time. And yeah. can a person go outside for anything Only, after 6? So, nope. So we have, okay. they have smoke breaks, right? I understand. So okay. they can go out a few times. And even if someone doesn't smoke, they could go outside with staff right. when staff goes out there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's when they can go out right. there. And um, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your your hopes for uh, building some sort of a facility at some point for the for the shelter. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that you know um, we're hoping that by spring of next year that mm -hmm. we'll be ready. Again, we're kind of fighting against COVID, right? Right. So because that shelter will be a fifteen bed shelter, and then but then in the winter we would add winter cots. But okay. again, we've got to be able to have that. That distance now. What I can't about the St. Joe's? For, what about St. Joe's? Well, you know there are some people that have brought that up. I will say that's a very expensive property that is going to to probably take quadruple or more what it's going to cost to buy it just to to actually fix a leaky roof. But yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, Get yeah, it yeah, all. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, when I first went in there, I thought I love this place. Let's mm -hmm. keep this. But right. Financially, it would be a huge burden unless we wound up with a great benefactor. That uh, <laughs> the heating cost must be really tremendous. The heating there. cost is pretty. I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars a and month. Yeah. ServiceNet, you you are basically an agent for different state programs. Yeah, yeah. We so we get contracted like our shelter is contracted mm -hmm. through the state, and we have a contract manager, and we get X amount of dollars. And and I'll tell you that. Shelters don't get a lot of money to run and to operate. We don't mm -hmm. really even get money for our case managers. Oh, okay. So, but we hire them anyway because it's important to have them. Right. Right. So they don't fund for case managers in, in sheltering. Um, so, so we get money for that. We do certainly take donations um, of money or if people wanted to do, you know, benefits for us, we would, we would take that. Mm -hmm. We're going into winter now. 
Um, so we're, you know, we are taking, unfortunately, everything has to be new right now because of COVID, because mm -hmm. we don't have the ability to launder. So, you know, hats, gloves, even coats, anything, yeah. but it would have to be new. We can't take used clothing or right. coats well, or anything having, like okay. that. Right. Um, so, you know, we take that sort of donation. We take donations of shampoos, soaps, hygiene products. Right. Um, masks are in high mm -hmm. demand there all the time because when people go out, they leave in places, they forget them, or they get dirty and they need yeah. a new fresh one. Well, we've been furnishing some of the toiletries to uh, to you all uh, mm. for the, the Christian Center there. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, Civitan at some point is going to try and uh, do a collection oh, uh, great. of wonderful. those at some point uh, yeah. for everybody. That's wonderful. Uh, at, at some point here. Um, so what's the biggest challenge right now in, in, for ServiceNet and the uh, uh, homeless mm. situation? Well, I guess well, the I bed think, space. Yeah, is I think one. the biggest challenge is having the space for people, right? Mm -hmm. Having enough space. Um, we certainly don't have the funding to kind of, or even the ability to say, hey, well, let's go take this building and open that up too. Mm -hmm. We just, you can't just jump. It would seem to make sense, but it's not that simple mm. to just do that. So you do take private donations as we well? We do, absolutely. Well, we've been talking with Julie McDonald of ServiceNet and the great job that they've been doing with the uh, our uh, homeless situation here in, uh, in Pittsfield and also working with uh, different people with addiction issues as well. Uh, the show is, has, again, been brought to you by Civitan. We're a volunteer organization that tries to help other organizations such as the uh, the Boy Scouts, the Salvation Army, Christian Center, uh, and the many soup kitchens. Hopefully we'll be able to have our soup fest at some point, again, where we raise money to give to all the different uh, food uh, pantry and soup kitchens uh, across the county. If you're interested in joining Civitan, you can call Janet Smargy, my wife, who's also the president of that organization, and she can be reached at 413-329-3324. Again, we want to thank PCTV for uh, making this show possible and for all of their assistance. Again, this has been Know Your Berkshires, and thank you for watching. <laughs>